ask your neighbor or someone beside you to what is the most delicious food and the tastiest drink you've ever had? What is the most delicious food and the tastiest drink you've ever had in your life? Did you get the answer? No? <laughs> Did they answer? What's the answer? Skittles. Skittles? Ah, the chocolate one, is it? Ah, yeah. Um, how about, how about Paul? What's the answer? I just like food in general. Oh, food in general, that's a very safe answer. <laughs> Any, how about Pastor Ben? What's Julie's? Julie's? I didn't care about hers. I was thinking about mine. I had a beautiful pasta in Naples with uh, seafood and everything. Wow, that really sounds amazing, isn't it? Do you remember all those food that taste really delicious and the drink that's really tasty? And when was that? long time ago. If you will ask me, I remember I went to a mission up in the mountains and they served me a small dried fish and uh, cassava leaves with coconut milk and I don't really like them. But you know, going up in the mountains, you'll be very thirsty and hungry. And then when I get there, there's no other food but that. And you know what? Until now, I remember that is the most delicious food that I've ever had. You know why? Because I was so hungry that time. So any food that's offered to you when you feel hungry, it is so delicious. And you know what they gave me for a drink? They gave me a water from the river because they're up in the mountain. But I can still remember up to now that it was the tastiest drink that I ever had. You know why? Because that time was the time when I was so thirsty. When I was so thirsty. My friend, when you come to church, you hear the word of God, you worship, you know, you will feel that it is the most delicious and the tastiest ever if you are hungry for the word of God. And right now, we are so blessed to be in this gathering. We have so many brethren who cannot gather into church. They're in lockdown, they cannot come. And we're not happy about that, but we are blessed. And we pray that they will also be blessed of what we are having now. So please, we don't take for granted all the blessings that we had. Did you enjoy your walking trail on your hallway trail? Did you enjoy your swimming and your bathroom trip? Did you enjoy being in the nicest hotel right in your bedroom? You know, this COVID has changed the world so much. 
And the question is, where is God? And how God reveals himself. Just like what I've shared to you before, I've been sick during the lockdown for a month. And I've been asking the Lord, why am I getting sick? I did not get COVID. I had tested and it was negative. But I had a cough and everyone thinks that I got the COVID. You know the feeling when you, know, they, when you get into the bus because I don't drive and then you, <coughs> and everyone, you know, just <laughs> and they get, you know, like, you get into the pharmacy and then you, <coughs> and they get just rattled. You get into the, the GP, they will ring you first if you, you know, and they will say that you cannot come anymore. The second time I, that the GP said, told me that you cannot come anymore because of that cough, I'll just talk to you over the phone. So th there's so many changes. But where is God in that time? Um, this, I have learned, or I've, I'm losing the words <laughs> again. So during that time, I tend to contemplate, you know, when you have nothing to do and you talk to God, you read the Bible. And I was looking at, you know, the coronavirus, you know, that it's called corona because it looks like a crown. So it says, when you look at the coronaviruses through a microscope, they look like, kind of like a crown. Corona means crown in Latin, which is how coronaviruses got their name. But in a Christian's perspective, the cross and the crown of thorns are symbols of Christ's suffering for mankind and his lying down of his life for the world. When I think of that, I said, Lord, it's not just coincidence. You are revealing yourself to the world in a different way at this moment. And I will not go through that very, very, um, in details, but I just shared to you that, that I shared uh, two weeks ago. The COVID, it, for me, um, the C stands for care to share and not compare, overcome fear by claiming victory in Jesus and influence others to deny oneself, take up cross daily and follow Jesus. During COVID-19, we are so scared of that word, aren't we? You don't even wanna hear it. You don't even wanna see it. Over the past 24 hours, there are new 273 new cases in Victoria, and it is not really good. But how can we see and how can we feel still joy in our heart, even in the midst of it? It is very difficult, even as Christians, you know, even there's no Christian that did not, I think, feel, you know, worried or fear, even we know that Jesus is always with us. But I will focus tonight on Psalm 19, on how God reveals himself. But before that, I want to just acknowledge the presence of God and say, pay respect in his presence and just say a little prayer. Thank you, Lord, at this moment. Lord, we acknowledge your presence in this place and acknowledge my weakness, O God. Let thy strength be my strength, O Jesus, and let thy word be in my mouth, not my own thing, O Lord. Lord, what a privilege it is to speak, but only your glory and your honor be lifted up in this place. Lord, let your word penetrate in our hearts, O God, that we will always be hungry and thirsty in your word, that we will be able to say that your word is the most savory in all the world. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
So if we will go to Psalm 19, if you have your Bible, you can flip it over to Psalm 19. Number one, God reveals himself through his creation. In Psalm 19, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. You know, during the COVID lockdown, we can say that God reveals himself in the glory of his creation. If, you can, if you've watched in the news, there are so many countries who were like very high in pollution, but the pollution during that time has decreased. In India, that picture, India records low nitrogen oxide emission during the lockdown and the blue sky appeared again. So it's like they saw the sky. And just like what is being said in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The Lord is revealing himself even during the lockdown that he is great and mighty through his creation from the sky down to the earth and to all the people that he has created. That's, that one is... Um, pollution is down sharply in London, Cardiff, and Bristol since the coronavirus shut down. And that is from The Guardian. So we can see that the creation that God has created during these lockdown times, you know, we're not happy that we've been locked down, but we look at the positive effect of it in the nature, in our nature, and the natural resources, it, resources, it has improved. It has improved. And number two, God reveals himself in his word. How God reveals himself in his word. In Psalm 19, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. You know, when, when you see people who get sick, and they're in the middle of, like, really, really down, What's the first thing that they do? They cry out to God. They cry out to the Lord and they ask for God's help. During this time, during the COVID lockdown and even until now because it's still going on, people has come to know how to reach out for God and how to, to look and search for God. And Jesus and the Lord, the Lord God has revealed himself through the Bible. And, you know, unbelievers, they don't, they don't know yet about the Bible. But us who are believers, how often do we read his word? How privileged are we to, to, to search for his word and read for his word? It says that it refreshes our soul. 
it making us wise. Even the simplest people can be wise because of that manual of life that we have. And it gives joy to the heart. It gives light to the eyes. How can you be happy? Everyone wants to be happy. What is happiness means to you? What makes you happy? But we can say so many answers, but it is a fact, a truth, that once we get it, we're gonna crave for more. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, you think, if I only have this, I will be the happiest person in the world. But once you have that, what happened? You get sick of it, you get tired, and you, you, you crave for another one. You know, how many husbands and wives, they told their partner before that, you know, you mean the world to me. If you'll just marry me, I will be the happiest, world, ha happiest person in the world. But then after five years, six years, you know, those phrases that said, I just can't get over you becomes, I'm so sick of you. You know, it's like sometimes you say, you mean the world to me, but then it becomes, I don't even want to be in the world with you. You know, I cannot live without you. And then I, can, I cannot live with you. You know, you've heard all those phrases. It's only through Jesus and the love of God that can make everything turns into something positive. So even in the midst of trials, we can find joy. We can find happiness because it doesn't depend on the circumstances, but because of the promises of the Lord. And the fulfillment of the promise does not depend on just the promise itself, but the one who was promised that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and I will be with you even in the death, in the shadow, in the valley of death. He is the God... He is our God. He is the God who saved us from the death. He is the God who has been in the cross. And the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. Everything that's in the Bible, they're all firm and righteous. And who are we to twist it? Who are we to twist it? Who are we to say that this is the new trend? This is the new trend, you know? This is, this is the new world now. This is what we have to do. And if you don't comply, you're outcast. You know, you have the phobic or whatever phobia that you have. But my friend, the, the word of God has never changed. It has never changed, even in the midst of COVID, even in the midst of racism, even in the midst of everything. The word of God has never changed. And they are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. You know, through the word of God, it is more precious than gold. Have you ever desired to have a gold necklace? As in not the fake one, the, the real, real gold. <laughs> you know, in the Philippines, if someone will give you a gift of gold, they will always ask, can I pawn it? <laughs> because it means that it's real if you can pawn it, you know. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna give a fake gold and I cannot, if I put it in the pawn shop and they won't accept, it means that it's fake. <laughs> but it says that the word of God is purer than 
any pure gold. Oh my gosh, we cannot ever imagine the word of God. And it is sweeter than honey from the honeycomb. Have you tasted that most delicious food and tastiest drink you've ever had? Do you remember? My friend, there is something greater than that. There is something more delicious, tastier, and it is the Word of God. It is the Word of God that can make us joy even in the midst of tears. You know, even in the midst of trials. Because Jesus did not promise that we will have like a like, um, 100% perfect life. But he promised that he will always be with us no matter what. And it keeps us warned. You know, the word of God, when you read, it gives us warning. But what do we do usually? I mean, I'm talking about myself. Sometimes I read and the Lord warned me and I'll say, uh, maybe not really, Lord. Maybe, maybe not this time. You know, like when you're being warned and you keep on telling excuses and then at the end, it turns out to be really bad, and then that's the time that, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, it is my fault. You know, the Word of God wants us to be, to know that what is going to happen if we do this and if we do that. Because there is always a blessing if we do what the Lord says. And keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. You know what the willful sins? It's like the sin that we contemplate, that we planned and doing. Because no one is perfect, you know. I think even the, the Reverend Pastor Ben, <laughs> he, he, he still does something like, you know, not, not all the time. I uh, No, no. Julie said no. I'm sorry. I should not. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, no one can really... Be perfect. But the willful sin is different, my friend. It is different because it is something that you have contemplated and then you've done it. There are sins that you, you, you think and then right away God will give you, war, will warn you. And then, you know, you will not do it. So, but the willful sin is just, you just give in to it. And then you already know that it's sin, but you still do it. So... The word of God has sworn out. And then I will be blameless, innocent of great trans transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The end goal is to please the Lord. The end goal of whatever we say and whatever we meditate, be pleasing in God's eyes. You know? Our end goal, our purpose is to please the Lord in everything that we do. Because we can say good things, but at the back of our mind, we're saying different one. We can do good things, but in our heart, we are glorifying ourselves. You know, I can speak here and say good things, but I can think that I am good. You know, but that is not how it is. Whatever we do, it is not us. It is not us. We cannot do anything good without God. 
so we can never be proud that I can do this, I can do that, I serve the Lord, I do this for God, I do this for the Lord. My friend, we are nothing without the Lord. And the third thing that I've learned on how God reveals himself through this coronavirus is through Jesus. We were talking about the word of God is perfect, is trustworthy, it makes wise the simple. In John 1.14 it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, the one in Psalm, the word of God, who is perfect, who is trustworthy, who is better than any pure gold, it has been revealed to us through Jesus himself, who died on the cross for our sins, that whoever believes shall not perish and have everlasting life. Before the cross symbolizes death, before the cross symbolizes punishment, before the cross symbolizes judgment. But with Jesus, when Jesus came here on earth and died on the cross, the cross became life, redemption, and eternal glory. The crown of thorns of Jesus means life to anyone who will receive and believe. Coronavirus means death to anyone who will not recover. But the crown of Jesus means life to anyone who will receive it. My friend, how do you see what does the cross mean to you? Is it still death? Is it still punishment? Is it still judgment? The Lord is saying the cross meant no death anymore. The cross meant life and the cross meant redemption. How do we treat his creation? If God reveals himself through his creation, through the, the sky, the air, the earth, and through other people, how do we treat them? How do we treat them? You know, there's, there's campaign about environmental protection, environ, environmental preservation. But as Christians, do we really care? How many beans do we have? We have three, four. But how many times do we really do the good thing that we should be putting the recycling the recyclables to the recycling and the, you know, the, the fruit, the veggies into the green bin. How many times? <laughs> I am guilty, so don't do <laughs> How many times do we just put all the plastics in the, in the recycling? Because we're so tired to be bothered, you know. We're so tired to be on the other bed and then just like that. You know, my friend, everything that we do reflects how we respond to God. It, you know, how do we, when you eat the mentos that you got from the door, how do you put, where do you put it? 
sometimes we just sometimes just we don't even know we, we even we don't you know we don't even know where we put it in the philippines because we always be in the jeepney you know if we buy a lolly we we call it candy and then and then you know it's like a flying saucer there we go and then it's like you clean your you you clean your front yard and your neighbor you just push it there you know like okay okay my beloved neighbor here's my you know here's my dirt and my front is very clean you know i clean my front but where are your dirt uh they voluntarily went to the neighbor you know how often do we do that how often but it is god's creation the ocean how many times do we throw plastic there but it's okay no one sees you know you will not tell the police and they cannot put me into jail if i do that no one really sees it's okay that that doesn't really matter you know if you if you see the yellow light and you're you're like uh, rushing to cross and then you you get fined because the it turns red and what do you usually say oh you know that fine officer what a ho what a horrible person they are you know you say da, 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 da. but in the first place whose fault is it you know sometimes we always put things to others we blame th things to others but not ourselves, you know. Oh, I'm a very good Christian. I'm unlike other Christian from the other church because, you know, they do this and do that. But my friend, just like what Pastor Ben was saying, all the full gospel churches are our brethren. They are our family. They are our family. And we cannot say any bad thing about them. We don't ridicule them. But we, we work together as one body of Christ. And how do we respond to his word? I mean, it's very self-explanatory, I think. I'll let you explain to yourself. Okay. I mean, I've discussed that before. How do we live like Jesus? Oh, this is a very, very used word. You know, like at church, they always say, live like Jesus. Oh, yes, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But when you go out, what do you say? You know, that horrible, you know, the one sitting beside me, oh, she smells horrible. You know, like something like that. I mean, they're not from here. So <laughs> Sometimes we say stuff that we thought doesn't really matter. But everyone is God's creation. Everyone must be respected as God has respected and loved us. Not because we are better than them. Not because we are, you know, we can do something better than them. Not because we are educated. Not because we are rich. Not because, because we're all equal. We're all equal in the eyes of God. Unless you have maybe three ears or three, five eyes, then you have a little bit of an advantage because, you know. But no, we are all created equal. We are all created equal. It's just a little joke, but what I mean is God has created us all equal. We may have different color, but the color of our blood is the same. You know, if there is one here who has blue, blue blood, maybe you belong to the royalty. 
But even them that we call blue-blooded, you know, the royalties, they said blue-blooded. But they still have red blood. We all red blood. And you know what, my friend? The same blood that Jesus has shed in the cross is the same blood that is running in our veins. That's why God is asking you right now, Jesus, let him in, into your life. I don't want to be emotional. And what I've learned, this is a bit funny because I've read so many stuff in Facebook posts and, you know, like, Every church will say that we do this, we do that. We have the edge from the other church. We are better than this. We are better than that. But you know what? I realize that there are, there's only two gods that this humanity has worshipped. And who do you worship? The one true God who created us and directs us or the gods that we created and whom we want to direct? Sometimes we say, Lord, Lord, Lord. But then ourselves became our Lord. Who is the God that we worship? Is it the one real God who created the universe and gave us the law and the word that will direct us in living our life? Or is it a God that we created in ourselves who, whom we want to direct and to cater on our needs? whom we want to answer everything that we want. And if he does not answer, we get upset. Is that a God? No, that's not what God has called us to do. There is only one true God. So we, we stop saying that I am a Baptist, I am Pentecostal, I am Evangelical, I am Catholic, I am this and I am that. My friend, there is no religion that, has, that God has brought into this earth but he has brought jesus into this earth no one has been crucified in the cross except jesus himself the son of god the only begotten son and what are your heart's desire what are you praying for what do you want right now what will make you happy what will make your life complete my friend whatever it is there is always greater than that. And it is the greatest blessing that one can receive is Jesus himself. And the safest place is where the presence of the Lord dwells. You know, we can say that SA is the safest place. You know, Australia is the safest place. But I want to encourage you that the safest place is where the Lord dwells. And if it, He dwells in your heart, if He dwells in your heart, with you, with you, with you, with every one of us, we are in the safest place. Because where the presence of the Lord is, there is joy, glory, victory, and honor. So there is no COVID-19 greater than the presence of Jesus himself. Because he is the Lord of all, the King of kings, the Supreme who came for us to be saved. And no one else has to be glorified but him. And in Psalm 91, that's where we're going to end. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. These I declare, the, 
of the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I am trusting Him, for He will rescue you from every top and protect you from the fatal plaque. Come on, everyone. Let's give honor and glory to God. Let's stand up and declare that He will shield you with His wings. He will shelter you with His feathers. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor fear the dangers of the die, nor dread the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midnight. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you, but you will see it with your eyes. You will see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near. Trample down lions and poisonous snakes. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will satisfy them with a long life and give them my salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.